The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. This is why I avoid Christmas. It brings out the worst in everything. Well, I guess I must have been sleepwalking. I once took too many Ambien and I bought a racehorse online. Just because Harper isn't ready, it doesn't mean she never will be. And it doesn't mean she doesn't love you. I was terrible. And, and I wish that I could undo everything. But I promise you, I will make it up to you. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. And here we are with our holiday episode 2020. Good Riddance 2020, our Good Riddance 2020 episode. Exactly. And so for such a celebration, we needed an outstanding celebratory guest. And so um, we have with us today... A friend of mine, we met on campus doing advocacy work together. And while neither of us are on that campus anymore, uh, we still keep in touch and trade uh, dog pictures and various other pop culture fun. Um, Mandy, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. You know, I thought um, holiday, Mandy, whimsy. Mandy, um, maybe a little bananas time, Mandy. Uh, and so um, I hope that you enjoyed the experience. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Tobin, what what are we going to talk about today? Today we are talking about this season's happiest season. Clea Duvall's uh, movie that's on Hulu uh, with Kristen Stewart, that people know it as the, well, if people know it, they know it as the um, Kristen Stewart uh, same sex relationship holiday movie on Hulu. That's the movie we're talking about today. Let's its official title is on Hulu. Happiest Season. That's right. That's right. Quite a few more same sex couples on Christmas movies this year. Hallmark has one, Lifetime has one, Hulu has one, mm-hmm. which, you know, not, not a ton of progress, but compared to last year uh, right. or every Absolutely year before that. That's, and, and I think we'll probably. We will probably dip in and out of a conversation about representation versus tokenism versus uh, is it it enough in 2020 just to have a story told? Does it have to be a well-told story or a story worth telling? Um, That's well put. We will get there. Jeez. I'm going to retire. That was great. (laughs) Well, this is, uh, as as we sit down to record this holiday um, program, uh, we are officially one hour and 11 minutes into my holiday break. Oh. So. Congratulations. You got vacation Iceland here. And you're awake. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is just the first step. Um, okay. So, yes, Happy Season is on Hulu. Um, it, it So this is these are good. This is a short segment to talk about <laughs> how we all came to see this movie. Um, Tobin, I believe you suggested it, correct? I did. 
I did. I'm in the process of writing a Christmas movie and so uh, for TV. And so I was really interested in seeing the landscape of Christmas movies on TV these days. And this one popped up and I thought, well, this is not the usual. This is, this is unusual. And so and I love, you know, I love me some case too. So I was like, well, let's. It does. I do. I do. I do. So I was like, let's let's check this one out. I love that for you. <laughs> um, Mandy, had you watched it prior to your um, committing to talk about it with us here? <laughs> no, I'll admit I didn't uh, actually know that it existed um, until you asked me. So, <laughs> but but you you uh, found it on Hulu. You've seen the movie. Should have asked before we started recording. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. We're we're much past the stage where I need to ask if Mandy did her homework. <laughs> oh yeah. Aislinn, what was your first uh, awareness of this movie? As a um 2020, right? Uh yeah. tough times. Mm-hmm. Lots of comfort streaming. Mm-hmm. And so what I feel like has happened is my various streaming platforms have sort of peeked around the corner and been like, hey, we have new things. <laughs> you if don't you have to watch the same thing. You don't have to watch yeah. the same episodes of the same shows you love over and over again. And so it had been recommended to me through Hulu. Um, and I I don't know. I feel like I'm still in the middle of my of my case to uh, revolution. I certainly, I enjoyed the Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. version and I enjoyed what she put up there for us. Um, we all know we, we've covered, well, we covered that. We also covered the um, first Twilight. So kind of, I, we know where we've been to where we are now. Um, and I love, what's his name? Victor Garber. Oh, Victor Garber. So much. Mary Steenburgen. I mean, all my crushes in one in one place. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. Yep. Yep. Uh, lost the lost what we were talking about. <laughs> Your history with the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched it yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I watched it last week. Um, shall I give us two bits of film history? Please do. There's not a lot of you can't find out a ton about this movie right now, partly maybe because it's so new. Um, But so here's what I've got. Uh, The co-writer, director, Clea Duvall, who is an actor who most people will recognize, if not by name, then by by face. Uh, Solidly in the 90s. So I I think any number of episodes of um, High School Slumber Party on Cage Club. Right. Right. There's got to be a number of appearances of Clea Duvall on that program. Right. Most recently, Veep. She had a great run on Veep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> as the Secret Service agent who ends up marrying uh, uh, Selena's daughter. Um, so Clay Duvall's talked about this movie being semi-autobiographical. There wasn't a, there were a lot of... Um, she, she talked about her own experiences informing the movie. Uh, she didn't go deep into which experiences. So I thought maybe we could uh, speculate a little bit about that as we go. Uh, or maybe not. Uh, the movie was shot in Pittsburgh and wrapped like two days before lockdown, like just oh. as pandemic was hitting. Um, so it was one of the movies that sort of came came in at the last minute. Um, the other thing is that this movie was, as I understand, intended to be a theatrical release, um, but uh, is one of the movies that then gets 
was sold to a streaming service in order to um, uh, you know recoup some of its uh, <laughs> some of its budget. Um, so anyway, that's the what I know about Happiest Season. Well, I I hope that it has financial success that way. I wonder. I it feels very much like now that now that Hallmark has so much competition with other you know streaming it it felt in line with what i've seen from from netflix and and a little bit of um hallmark and that kind of thing um man did you think would you have gone to see this in the theater do you think if that oh, was an option for us oh definitely yeah, definitely yes yes i love all the lgbtq films <laughs> excellent and christmas right and christmas and popcorn yeah. <laughs> I miss yeah. I miss theaters and popcorn. I, I don't really love popcorn, popcorn but I miss it now. You did? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna you're on vacation now. For dinner when I'm done here. <laughs> it's not the same as theater popcorn though. It's true. True. True, true. true. Um Island, could you take us through some of the uh, ladies in charge, women involved in major roles? In ha- happiest season. I will point out that the art director, I I spelled the name correctly. So that's how it's spelled. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. No, I am um, so excited to name all these incredible people to then start talking about it. Okay. As uh, was already mentioned, uh, director Clea Duvall. Writers Clea Duvall and Mary Holland. Actors Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Mary Steenburgen, Allison Brie, Mary Holland, Aubrey Plaza and Anna Gusteyer. Music by Amy Doherty. Production design, Teresa Gulzarian. Editing, Melissa Bertherton. Art direction, Maggie Smyon. Set direction, Shanna Wortham. Costume design, Kathleen Felix Hager. Definitely did set <laughs> direction incorrectly, but I'm happy to push through if you want. We'll just say right now that I believe her name is Shauna Worsham. Worsham, not Wortham. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. It was probably Wortham at some point in the past and then was changed along the way. Shame shift over over generations, right? All righty. So in order to actually talk about what we're talking about, Tobin, will you give us a little brief plot summary uh, to get us started here? Here's what I've got. Abby, played by the wonderful Kristen Stewart, and Harper, played by a brunette Mackenzie Davis, have been together for almost a year when Harper invites Abby home with her for Christmas. Only two problems. Abby hates Christmas as it evokes traumatic memories from her youth. And worse, Harper isn't even out to her family, let alone open about her relationship with Abby. Reluctantly, Abby agrees to pretend they're just friends and the two head into the crucible of a family holiday season, complete with sibling rivalries, political aspirations, various exes, and most of all, Harper's inability to be who she really is, who she really is with, well, anyone. Can she find the strength to stand up for herself by Christmas morning? And should Abby stick around to find out? This this will be the debate around the table this year during the happiest season. I like that. 
That's so nice. Well put. Thanks. <laughs> and it reminds me, it puts me right back into it. Y'all, this zagged. Um, this is this one will zag on you. Mm-hmm. You think it's gonna mm-hmm. zig? It's gonna zag. <laughs> then it chooses to zag. zag on you. <laughs> and multiple times in the first half, more so, but multiple times I remember pausing and, and turning and saying, Okay, so they're all like they're all the worst people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like this is all yep. the most awkward thing possible. Like, right? I just wanted to make sure my discomfort was purposeful and mm-hmm. not just me. Because there are things, like we discussed with Home for the Holidays, a Thanksgiving scene where a turkey explodes on a table is my worst nightmare, but could be humorous to other people. So I, I kept trying to, like, test against other barometers to see if if I was weird or if this was bananas <laughs> and yet when it finished as like i liked that right <laughs> like i don't know what um would uh, mandy what would you say is the headline of your thoughts on this movie if you had to narrow it down or just start someplace Family is whack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be the tagline on the poster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you never know what you're going to get with any family. And like, right. I can totally see people in my life that are very similar to that family. Mm. Gotcha. And, you know, how they portray themselves outwardly to other people around them. Yeah. Gotcha. And how that is like, defines everything they do then i mean that really this whole family is defined by who they're trying to present themselves as to other who they think other people want them to be yeah yeah Yeah. which just feels like that gosh that takes so much energy and certainly there is a ubiquity about it right there's there's an extent to which we all do some of that presentation of self-work but Mm -hmm. But this seems like a pretty intense um, cauldron of of presentational work, for sure. <laughs> um, and like the levels on which everyone's operating and scheming. Like, I got a little scheme fatigue at one point. <laughs> but again, then it like zags on and you get done and you're like... Why did I love that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's just me. Um, okay, I'm gonna start right in on not a woman because we've. Uh, Is this a new segment? <laughs> not a woman, because uh, we named some fantastic, great, great women in front of it behind the camera. I, I guess I, I think my entry point for talking about it. I want to talk about Daniel Levy a little bit. Great. Um, one, because I'm a huge fan. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think they go ahead. I just want to jump in and say, if I may, that you were the first person to tell me to watch watch Schitt's Creek like years I, ago. Yes. Ye- way before it was on Netflix, like yes. years ago. Yes. I you were. Yes. So anyway, I just want you to make sure because sometimes it's like you love a thing and you totally. evangelize for a thing and then 
two years later, everybody's Everyone on board. What's happened with me and uh, Joan Allen along the way in the 90s. So I, I know where I speak. And to hear you come with like, oh, you should watch the show Shit's Creek. It's really fun. It's got, you know. It's really funny. We have a Eugene. history of enjoying Eugene Levy and Catherine and things. And so Absolutely. It, it takes so anyway, I just want you, I want to toot your horn for you that 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 you were that you were way ahead of the curve on that. So anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was a little nervous because one of the things I love about Schitt's Creek is that in creating that world, Daniel Levy created a universe in which his character's identity and and choices would exist in a in a safe space there. Yes, absolutely. Would be times people didn't understand or this and that, but it would not be our world of um, with the same stakes in terms of, of violence and harassment and all kinds of right. Other things they, they crafted that podunk town to also be really accepting and, and warm. And so that his character's, relationships are important because they're his character's relationships, not because right. of who they're with. What kind of, re- right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, if right, I'm, right. and and others, please say it better <laughs> than I do if I'm not saying that very well. Um, so I was a little nervous because this is that beautiful creature in a different <laughs> world. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, how do, how how do I manage to keep that space with like Daniel Levy in the real world? And in the first half, I was like, oh, we're just doing my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what we're doing. And this happened to me a couple of times where I was like, like I I don't know. I think it might be brilliance, and I I. I'm going to ask you two if you agree, but like super cliches were set up in a couple different places or conversations that were like, but of course there's a problem here. Or, or of course the joke is this, but then they sag on you. And so f- for me, it was a cliche of like gay best friend is going to show up and, and like rescue damsel but then comes in with a completely different perspective, like is a different, is absolutely supporting Kristen Stewart, but also reminding her that there's a, you know, plethora of experiences out there and like kind of comes in a little bit on the side of, of the other. Um, And that's, that speech, although saccharine or some other, it was a very like holiday movie thing, <laughs> I think was also quite subversive in, in shifting the trajectory of that character from something that was cliche and that we've seen before to something very meaningful and different for, um, you know, the world. That was probably actually my favorite scene in the movie. Was it? Tell me more. So it just felt so heartfelt, and like I could totally feel everything he was saying. Like it just it made my heart melt after like all of the craziness, just with the family and you know the relationship and the exes and stuff like that. Like 
there was this, this solid moment where those two came together and like it just it was overwhelming yeah. in a good way it's nice they had like, a, I, I, so go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i think it's just because i have best friends who have done that and who have been there for me especially recently so i think it hit a different mm. part of my heart a little bit and i'm sure you have been that person for other people as well probably <laughs> just knowing you as i do um oh. Man, mandy mandy goes in for a heartfelt conversation let me tell you nice what can i say That's man important. <laughs> some of us shy away <laughs> it's right there <laughs> i like their dynamic i really believe their friendship i was interested i was interested to see what uh daniel levy would be like absent his own writing like mm -hmm. what does it look like when you when you you know is it, it just so i so identify him with that character that i was i was curious how it would be and look they're echoes i mean there's you know you could you could imagine that they're related in some way um but but i but it, it felt um their 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 bond felt real and their mm -hmm. interactions felt like it had history uh and mm -hmm. it's one of the i loved when their scenes would come up either on the phone or in person because it would be oh this is i'm gonna I, I like spending time with those two together yes yeah, probably. Um, however, tell me more. Um, so I think my i I had high expectations for this movie. Okay. Uh, so I, I do love Kristen Stewart, and here's and here's why. <laughs> I I was a big fan of Kristen Stewart when she was like. She was she was in Panic Room, and she was in um, that Sean Penn movie about the guy who goes to live on the bus. She has a little scene in the Emil Hirsch movie Into the Wild. Oh yes, um, and she and she's in a, a, a movie by a um, professor of mine in grad school who's now I can't remember the name of the movie, Personal Objects or something. Oh my god, that's terrible. It's, it's embarrassing. Anyway, so I like I knew her before before Twilight came all around. Like she was such a she is such for me such a captivating screen presence. Like there's stuff going on inside, and then Twilight ends up being all stuff inside, and it's all the same stuff, and it just it flattens out in in a way. She's then since then has made a few movies with a French director named Olivia Sas, uh, Personal Shopper, and um, The Clouds of Sils Maria, and they are so good. She is so good. She won the top. Um, acting prize at the Cannes Film Festival for one of those two movies, which is the biggest acting honor in in the world mm -hmm. as as far as international um, uh, festival like award doesn't go to you know people who aren't good. She's it's really not good. A people's choice award. It's not a people's choice award. It's not voted on by the people. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so I so I, I come with a lot of goodwill for her. I love Mary Steenburgen. I love Victor Garber. I love this like I I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. Like I'm in. I'm in. And then I hit a roadblock when in the car on the ride to her par to Harper's parents' house when Harper tells her tells Abby that Harper is not out and has not told them about Abby. And you have, you need that. That's what the movie's going to like. That's the, I understand you need that. That's what the movie's about is, is them like carrying on this fiction, but it's, it started the little like turn of the screw for me of, Oh, that's really not a fair thing to do mm -hmm. to Abby. Like mm -hmm. that's not fair to do to my Kristen Stewart. Like <laughs> to, to get, I don't really mean my Kristen Stewart, but like yeah, unfair, to that, unfair to that character, like on the yeah. way and then to expect her to do this. And then, and then the, the funny stuff of, okay, she's under the stairs and the spare room and people keep barging in and, blah, 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 and she keeps getting, but 
I found Harper so unbelievably cruel to her through the whole movie that I did not want her to get together at the end. I, I wanted her to, to leave. I So Daniel Levy gives that speech. And I'm like, oh, but I liked you too. And now what are you telling her? Like, I understand you're, that you're, that, that's right. And like, you should express that point of view that everybody's on their own path. And maybe a couple of years from now, mm-hmm. if Harper gets her shit together, you all can find a way to, to be together. But like right now, no way. And, and what I, what I like is that your Kristen Stewart then says, then says that then says no i i i want to i need to be with someone who is at a different place right right? and so i that felt like such an honest exchange because sometimes your closest friends do not agree with you you know about the specifics but are going to be there regardless um the safety of objects Safety of objects. Thank you. Not personal <laughs> objects. The safety uh, of objects. Yeah. Okay. So how about let's let's all three talk our expectations real quick because I think that's going to help a lot. So yeah. I, fe- you know, felt personally offended by Kristen Stewart in the entire Twilight era. <laughs> like she was literally just doing everything she did to make you mad. Yes. Yeah, and to make yeah. the world harder for young women in particular. Stephanie Meyer, excuse me. I understand. Yeah. Yes, I understand. It is that. Yes, I I understand where I'm wrong. But this is my experience. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't love Christmas movies. As we've discussed. <laughs> um, it's one of those things that I'm coming to terms with. But I feel like this is deep all of a sudden wow we're getting there I feel yeah like i operate at about 45 degrees wrong to like most people so christmas movies fit into one of those things where oh yeah people love this i don't and i just quietly go about my business until i get back i just don't i don't react quite right i don't think quite right i'm just a little bit off um and so for me, expectations were like, I'm sitting on the floor. So they mm-hmm. were down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think because of my upbringing, and by that I mean Tobin bringing me small, independent movies, fringe movies <laughs> forever, I think I think that helped a lot with sort of my um, maybe LGBTQ uh, film upbringing. So I have, I've seen groundbreaking. I've seen well-intentioned, terrible. I've seen you know, everything in between. Everything in between. Yeah. yeah. And so I was very tempered coming into this. My, my appreciation of Kristen Stewart is newer. And, and I am, I find her presence, like she has such presence. And so I love that like you're, you're sticking this person because between the two of them, uh, all due respect, if I saw Harper walking down the street and I saw Abby walking down the street, I would stop to see what Abby was doing. And I wouldn't stop to see what Harper was doing. So to have this person that is, I don't know if charisma is the right word, but presence for sure, stuck under the stairs, like, like really sticking out like a sore thumb was... 
delightful is not the right word because I it was so awkward and terrible. I agree. I was done with Harper for most of the movie. And while I have empathy, it was a little bit like, yeah, you got to deal with your shit. And when you're done with your shit, perhaps I'll be available. But like, whatever has happened over the last year has been a facade of some kind. And like, it's not yeah, a, it's uh, a lie. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. However, I also, as much as I'm a unique little snowflake, <laughs> I have not had the weight of feeling as if a part of who I am is so contrary to what is supposed to be mm. right. Maybe little yep. tiny echoes of that are anywhere near mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. I, I could see where Harper would find herself in that place. Sure. I agree with you, Tobin, that I was done with her. Um, and I, I like that it it's not the Daniel Levy that, that gets um, Christian Stewart to come back. He says his piece, then he supports her, then he helps pack her stuff, and then they're off. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not until Harper comes back and and is truly authentic that um, that there's any shift there. I know. Oh. Is it all going to be wrapped up in one night? No. But if you love Christmas movies, then a little <laughs> bit. I, I guess I... In the end, my complaints are more about other shenanigans than about that central thing. Um, Mandy, once you yeah. heard about this movie and we asked you to watch it, did you have high <laughs> expectations? Did you have low? Do you love Kristen Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> I have strong feelings. Okay. So when I like gone to Hulu to like see who was in it, kind of read the bio about it, and the first name I saw was Kristen Stewart, I was like, "Great, what did I get myself into?" <laughs> because I'll have to admit, the only movies I've ever seen with her in them are the Twilight series, yeah. and I was not a huge fan of them. But Tobin has named several why. others that that might help you get back on I'll, board. I'll make a list for you. Okay, please do send them to me because <laughs> those are the only ones I've ever seen. So my expectations were like below the floor, Aislinn. Like you you hit the floor, I'm like underneath the floor. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I was like, I got to give it a chance just because the type of film it is. And also it's Christmas and I like movies, so... I gave it the chance and then you know we started and at first I'm like what is going on like they're walking down the street you know and then they're falling off roofs like (laughs) I was like okay I'm kind of pulled into this this is awesome and the more it started going I was like okay I I think I like totally like her like I kind of identify with her background in some ways and and then that car scene like Tobin said that's what got me I was like okay now I understand and this is this is the road we're about to take Right. And so I, I had to sit there and prepare myself. But as soon as that happened, I think my expectations rose a little bit. And I was like, mm-hmm. is she going to really hit this part of something I identify with and like closely relate to? And I was like, she better because if not, <laughs> I don't think I can ever watch a film with her in it again. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, thank you for sharing that. I think that brings an interesting thing I do want to talk about around where we have stories that are not told enough or have not 
yet been told enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you can make a romantic comedy with um, a heteronormative universe and there have been so many, Mm -hmm. right? So we've seen it done well. You can copy ones that are done well. You can try to do something interesting. Um, There's wild ones in there, right? There's, there's puppets, there's team America world police, right? Where there's puppet sex. Like there's all kinds of ridiculous ways to see people couple. Yeah. (sighs) When you're talking, (laughs) (laughs) when you're talking about, um, uh, bring it into a genre if we want to bring it into LGBTQ as a genre or LGBTQ romance. When there are so many fewer stories, my question to the universe, but I will ask the panel, is <laughs> does that does that make the stakes higher? Right? That's when when you when you said, Mandy, that if if they're gonna do this and they're gonna tell mm. a story that I identify with. Now they better nail it because they've put it on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make, do you know, see what I'm trying to say? Is like the expectation higher because the pool is so much smaller? Oh, like it has, sure. to, it has to be representative of now of something larger because yeah. there are so few. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like it definitely, like I said, rose that expectation. I needed it to fit what my expectation was of it. But that being said, my expectation is going to be completely different from yours or Tobin's or anyone else in the world because there are so many different stories. And so my expectation isn't going to be the same as someone else's. And so I think that's that's where it's hard because we know that that's true. We know it's true for folks with all different identities. That being said, if there's only five, right, I almost said straight. <laughs> there's only five solid rom-coms and there's only two that have Christmas in them and one that's about Christmas. Like, um, and also what, what puts it in the genre, right? So here I would absolutely, um, in that it is, it is a story of two women in love and also there's a coming out element to it. Mm-hmm. I sort of look forward to, I don't know, let's say, let's say 20 years. I wanted to say 10, but like, let's say 20 years. If there wasn't the, the coming out component, or if there was a different component to the story, would we genre it at that point? Or could it be a Christmas rom-com? Or should it be? Oh, I'm asking all the questions. I'm on vacation. Um, there is this year for the first time ever a uh, gay uh, lifetime Christmas movie called The Christmas Setup, which I have now seen. And in The Christmas Setup, no one comes out. Mm. No one is closeted. Nice. No one is. Um, they go they go to a, 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 a pop up. um uh, like a piano lounge, uh, th- the Christmas Eve thing, where someone's in drag as the host, and it's just—it's all just presented. Like yeah. it's not the point of the story. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would, I would only, only, to, only to say that is happening. Good. Which is not to say that 
a movie can't. So sometimes in, I teach undergrads um, uh, a series of films looking at the history of LGBTQ cinema. And we look at mostly, well, we, so we do some old, old stuff. But in the like last 30, 40 years, you have movies where the leads have to, the, the, the movie, even the movies on the side of the couple, they have to suffer. Brokeback Mountain is a great example right like mm-hmm. they're suffering mm-hmm. and and struggle with um reconciling who they are with society's expectations of them right is like what the movie is about right and like direct consequences of their actions Ex- right exactly and then that then evolves over the subsequent and i and i love brook Bro- mountain's a wonderful beautiful movie i i, I i'm it is it is eisel mm-hmm. makes a face it's a it's beautifully <laughs> acted beautifully directed movie That's fair. but then like at, we don't that that um, that there's been some unshackling of that now in, in LGBTQ cinema where it doesn't have to be about that it can be about all kinds of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that this feels like somewhere along that spectrum, right? Like it's maybe a little bit of a little bit again, not that you not that there has to be progress like forward momentum toward a place where all movies are the same. Right. To, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the, all, all these stories, many, as you said, so eloquently, everybody has their story. This comes from people's experience. It's important to get those, you know, for those experiences to be, um, you know, uh, uh, seen and made and told. And but it is interesting to sort of see this on the um, some kind of loose spectrum of uh, historically where LGBTQ films have have come. I, I wouldn't call it a genre because you know genre has has usually has certain story elements and i mm-hmm. i think if you were to say lgbtq movies are a genre then it ends up being their a coming out right signpost as opposed to this is a christmas rom-com mm-hmm. yeah. with you know lgbtq main couple in it i was thinking like about it from my own college experience um <laughs> where is this gonna go um so many jokes i can make right now but they're so like inside baseball i won't <laughs> what's that really big um video store in seattle scarecrow um when i was in college and people still rented dvds and even vhs but let's dvds um you're dating yourself <laughs> i know it's fine i'm an old millennial i'm okay um there were it would be by room so like sci-fi is in this room. Like it was, it was oh, like see. a, it was like an old apartment building or like weird hotel thing where each I see. genre was a room. And so there was mm-hmm. an LGBTQ room. Right. It right. was oh, wow. smaller than other rooms. Thus, <laughs> yeah. It was like under the stairs. It was under um, the stairs closet. And so I, I do, I, I hope I haven't misspoken. I do love like the um, kind of crashing through of this is a Christmas movie. Totally. Right. And it right. happens to tell a story or, or hit on some issues that Christmas movies don't always do. This right. is a coming right. out story. And it has all this Christmas shenanigans. And you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> yes, yes. I, yes. I like that it could be put in different places. And, yeah. um, and my hope is that there is an entry point at any place along that subject matter. I'm a big Victor Garber fan. Great. Jump in. Enjoy. <laughs> um, because like the family bullshit to me was also one of the things that was like, that was almost a joke in and of itself. Like to me, it was the proposal all over again. Ryan Reynolds family, 
doesn't approve of what he's done. They're a different, like they are different and he needs to, is he going to fit in? Is he going to branch out on his own? Mm-hmm. It's so similar. And we've seen hiding family issues, family members for political, th- like all of that stuff is part of all the cliches. And so at first it bothered me. And then I feel like they earned that it was purposefully a backdrop of kind of different stereotypes where then they could play out what was like the more important or more interesting parts. Or am Mm -hmm. I giving it too much credit? Tobin's giving me a face of like, I don't know if you've earned that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I'm not the judge of what you earn. I just uh, I'm like I'm writing my end of term essay, and you're like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, but... you're you're supporting it with evidence. That's you know, I don't have to agree with someone's assertion. Very to, true. You know, speaking you know. things we probably won't agree on. Oh, sorry, do you have somewhere to go? Well, I just wanted to know because we I've talked I've talked Kristen Stewart. We've mentioned Victor Garber. Mandy, is there a performance in the movie that you liked the most? Like, what was your if you had to pick a a, a performance you thought was the was the best? What, what would it be? Oh gosh, I can't remember her name, but it's the sister who's seen as like the weird one, Jane Mary Holland, the yes. co-writer of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, while sad, I couldn't help but laugh about it because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know it's a movie. But also sad because, you know, you know, life is like that for some people. They're treated like that by their family and it's horrible. But she just played that part so well. And the scene with the painting towards the end, I mean, she's just like she wants to be a part of it so bad. And I totally understand that feeling so much that she wants to fight, too. Like <laughs> I just like every part that she was in it, like, I mean, you could just see it written in her body language, her eyes, just like. She really felt that that mm. character and like just nailed it. I loved it. I think she might have actually been probably my favorite character. Yeah, certainly in like the BuzzFeed style commentary, like yes. Jane is the hero of the piece for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, lo- I love that. So and then I also love that kind of the underdog is not necessarily any of the gay characters. Although right. we don't know, we don't know much about Jane's identity beyond um, what her family sort of tells her. But and her biting someone when she was a kid. <laughs> yeah. and, and I agree with you, Mandy. I I found her delightful, and and as the family got like as the tension of everyone just got more and more, like she was so much of an escape and and so interesting and also like the first to be happy, excited, inclusive. Like she doesn't give a shit about all that stuff that everyone else is worried (laughs) about. Mm -hmm. Like she's right there and she's excited and she's, Oh, you're in love. That's amazing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love, I love Jane as like the voice of reason. I was nervous. That was another place I was nervous. Right. You first meet her. And I think this is intentional, but you would tell me what you think. Based on how everyone was treating her, I was waiting to hear a diagnosis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, or a story about something, you know, when she, she has to go home, like, does she live in the guest house? Like, what is, right. how long is that leash kind of thing? And mm-hmm. 
and still we we don't know and it's not important but i love that part of it i don't love it because it's so sad for her but like part of it is just she didn't fit what they were all trying to do kind of Mm -hmm. both subconsciously and consciously that she just was relegated to the point that she appears based on the reality they're putting forward to be off in some way, where if you met her in a different circumstance, I don't think I would be looking for the same, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have pathologized her. And so then I felt really guilty about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think that's the trick of the movie. That's what that's, I think that's the zagging that you're talking about that the movie does when it, when it's at its best, that it's going to do, it's going to take, take you in in a different direction. I love that she ends up, that that people love her book that she ends up. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that's the, my favorite ending in the movie is yeah. that um, Daniel like John is going to represent her because there's a line dropped early on that he's a book he's agent, a book agent. Yeah. and yeah. and then and then and then she they're at a reading and she's reading from this book she's been trying to tell people about this crazy wacky yeah. sci-fi and, deep and sci-fi story. Placating her. Everyone's just so bored, just so working on that. Oh my god! Like she they just want to be out of the conversation of this universe. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And I would read the shit out of that book. (laughs) (laughs) The other part that zagged real quick, and then I want to stop talking. Um, In in the revolving around Jane, and and Jane is so colorful and so excited about this party. I loved the moment I realized this is a shitty party, and everyone there hates it. (laughs) Like, it's built up. Like, it's White Elephant. It's so important. Mary Steenburgen, and this and that. But then when you see everyone's forced to just sit there mm-hmm. and the back and forth, like, oh, that's that that was another zag for me. Because I think in another movie, it would have been the Yule Ball. It would have been the most amazing Christmas party that the whole town loves. It's not. No one wants to be there. They're trying to impress on Augusta or who may or may not have ever been there before. <laughs> and they can't wait to leave and not have to be stuck in this den of tension mm-hmm. so that was just the other zag that i was like that's amazing i love it it's a shitty party perfect it's so good. i just love all the parts of watching the mom just like trying to hurry them on to yeah. pick the present and they're just like hmm. she just is so funny seeing her so tense and built up like come on let's do it and everyone's just sitting there like it's only awkward because because Mary Seamburgen has that expectation yeah exactly right if yeah. if the party was if Jane was the host of the party I think the atmosphere would be completely different oh for sure I'd go to that party <laughs> and so then that brings us to Sloane is the other sister Sloane <sighs> As on you, like Alison Brie. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I mean, I do too. But like you, you really like Alison Brie, right? I was a big right? fan yeah. um, of 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 her work on the on uh, Community. Yes, and just of her um, various kind of. I don't know. I, yeah, she's fun. I think she played this part very well to the point that I was really really tired of her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, though certainly yes moments of empathy i think she she did a lot of great work in it um and you would have to be that agile to uh, otherwise it would just be 
the bitchy sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, in performance wise, the twins didn't do it for me. And I don't I think know that, if that was how they were directed. Or for me, what I saw, I mean, I I'm an obsessive assessor, and what I saw with the kids, just because like the divorce and everything that was going on that was yeah. hidden, was they're being made by the parents to play this role that they're happy and they're here and they're present. And then I noticed that flip at the end when everyone starts telling their truths and stuff like that, like they're actually happy in the end. Like they're acting out, putting the thing in the bag, like, you know, and then you see that flip. That's what got me. I mean, through the whole rest of the movie, I was like, these kids are kind of annoying. What's the point of them even being here? You know, like in the movie. And then I like saw in the end why, because they they wanted that little light switch. They're sort of part of her facade. Exactly. They're they're trying to fit those kids with her into this box right. of what the family wants. And so then I'm so glad that we have this movie so that they could all get out of that terrible set of routines. Because, I mean, that, yeah. that sort of shows the intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. of it all. <laughs> that they're just recreating what they knew. I don't know. She found this guy who was willing to recreate all this bullshit with her for a certain amount mm-hmm. of time until you know, they're done, but yeah. I wish that they had been less. And I think this is in the writing as much as anything else, less zombie ish. Mm-hmm. I think it would yeah. be interesting if, if they had been more like, Oh, we're going to put it on our face and who are facing this. As soon as people's backs are turned, they're like, what can I destroy? Right. You know, like if we had seen two sides to them at mm-hmm. every point, as opposed to like, it was just unnerving in a way that, that felt like, I don't know if, is this a, again, you're like, am I diagnosing these kids? Are yeah. they axe murderers? Is <laughs> like, what's the deal? And I, and I wonder if, um, uh, I guess it, I guess it felt a little bit red herring to me until you, until you get to the end. And I'd rather it be, it be sort of like part of the story and then mm-hmm. reveal why at the end or something like that, or along the way as, as, cause I, cause I think you're right, Mandy. I think that is the intention that they're, um, bearing the burden of carrying a third generation of mm-hmm. what's the facade I'm supposed to show, yeah. Yeah. but they also like don't seem to give a shit. Like they're just like right. zo- like almost like they're medicated out of you know feelings. Yeah. And like yeah. uh, I just I don't know how to read it for too long. I think. And I I think partly because of where they enter the story, we don't have we don't have their family unit as its own thing, right? Because mm-hmm we know Sloane because she is Harper's sister and like, that's how it comes in. Um, mm-hmm. I like to imagine the scenes we don't see and flesh out the world as folks who listen may know. So I imagine the conversation in the car on the way to grandma and grandpa's house is, mm-hmm. you know, very stern. And this is how you, know, this is how we will behave. And this is what, you know, like I, I imagine the setup to get them to that place of like, we can't do anything i don't know can't be kids i feel like in this movie they needed to choose between the two sisters like there had to be one or the other there's jane or there's sloan i think it's too much to like i'm trying to balance now uh, like they could have made all the all the points we could have spent more time figuring out harper like if this movie is about harper changing her mind Mm -hmm. this is my i think i think i'm I think I'm figuring out my issue with the movie. If this is a movie about Harper changing course and like finally saying, I'm going to be me, whether you like it or not. And I want Kristen Stewart who wouldn't, 
if that's the turn that the movie's going to make, then it feels like Harper's story. Mm. Then, but we're not given any access internally to Harper. We're seeing it all through mm-hmm. Abby's point of view. And Abby doesn't have to change. I think she should. I think she should leave <laughs> Harper at like the second scene. And, yeah. you know, but but I wonder if the movie's point of view was reversed and you took out one of those two sisters to make more room for, maybe you wouldn't even have to, but to make more room for Harper's struggle of like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pull this off? I got to mm-hmm. keep. I would be more uh, you know, empathetic to her, certainly, if we could see her. Mm-hmm. And like the decision she makes, you know, she makes a decision when she's out with her ex and high school friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Stewart is clearly, yeah, clearly in pain caused by her actions, by Harper, like not hanging out with her, not even talking to her, like leaving her alone. And, and mm-hmm. then like is going to stay when when Abby's going to go home. And like I am I would I think that if we had under if I had understood in that moment, Harper being torn and her, you know, and seeing her with her friends and her friends are, oh, come on, do this. Oh yeah. Oh, I would have then, I would have been more empathetic, as you say, and I would have been, I would have been with the movie. Then, how is Harper going to figure this out? Instead, it was like, I'm since I'm more in Abby's point of view. I'm like, well, is Abby going to stay or not? Right. That's the question I have, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think that might be the fundamental f- issue that I have with. That's why it didn't connect with me, mm-hmm. is because I, I think I might have was in the wrong point of view for whose story seemed to have the most arc to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. I I agree. That's a good. That's a good point. Can I do a side tangent? Yeah, yeah we <laughs> love side tangents. <laughs> My horrible for kind of like just throughout the movie, the more like Riley kind of came in. I was sort of hoping that Abby and Riley would end up together. I I just like feel Bowen like gesticulating in such a way that tells the <laughs> audience that he agrees. I did. I did want to talk about Riley next. Mandy wasn't done though. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, just throughout the movie, the more she connected with Abby and like having this connection of, you know, having what Harper did to her in high school and now is doing to Abby, like, I was like, I, I was hoping that bond, like, that bond was already there. Like, you could see it through the party, the, you know, drinking, all that. Like, they were really connecting. And like, when she sat next to her in the booth, I was like, <gasps> maybe something's going to happen. And then she left and I was like, okay. Well, my hopes were ruined a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's definitely a um, a spicier Aubrey Plaza than I have seen in a while. We not too long ago we um, talked about uh, the to do list starring Aubrey Plaza in a very different character role, um, mm-hmm. and of course, I think you know uh, Parks and Rec style Aubrey Plaza is brilliant in its own way I really enjoyed seeing her play someone charismatic in a completely different way than um April Ludgate mm-hmm. yeah totally sure. totally and and I, I completely agree uh, with Mandy's idea that they, they that's the couple I wanted to see in the movie I, I did and I you know whether I, I don't know. I, I would see the sequel of their adventures, you know, doing anything. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it, um, Aubrey Plaza f- for me is sometimes she's very um, arms le- an arm's length actor. She's puts up walls like there's walls between you and her. And those walls are often funny. And, you know, there's an but there's an artifice to it a little bit. And this felt like there was 
So artifice had been removed and she was just right there with us. Mm-hmm. And like, she's the one looking around like, can you believe this bullshit? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Like, that's the, that's the conversation I'm having with Aubrey Plaza as I'm watching this movie. Like, yeah, you've got your head screwed. What's with these, what's with these people? Which is why then I, I you want her to, to like, you know, get Abby away from them because, uh, because it's also crazy. I thought she's a breath of fresh air in this. And I don't always, I don't dislike her, but I don't always feel that way about her. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like the quirks are a little contrived present. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, no, she was just living in her skin and it was great. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I also love Mary Steenburgen. Can we talk about Mary Steenburgen? Can we talk about Tipper a little more? <laughs> I think we should talk about the parents too. Cause I, I, yes. I love yeah. the Victor Garber of it all. Um, Tobin, what was your favorite thing about Mary Steenburgen's performance? I thought that she was able to take this character who was, um, so as we've been saying, everybody's putting on a facade and she's sort of the architect of the facade. She's always trying to take the picture. She's running the social media thing. We should say, if people haven't seen the movie, that that Victor Garber's wants to, Victor Garber wants to run for mayor, I think, yeah. <laughs> of whatever town this is. And so she's basically kind of managing his campaign or at least the the the, the um, family part, side yeah. of it, right? Like the 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 PR that way. And so and so um and she spent her whole life, at least her life with Victor Garber, it seems like doing that. Like that's been okay. her role is to keep everything looking right. Okay. And um, she and she says so as much near the end. Like I've been, we've been, I've always wanted to do karate. She says at the end, but like it wouldn't be dignified, you know. Um, and I, what I thought was so, what I so appreciated, I don't think that Mary Steenburgen can be false. Mm. And so somehow she found a way to take this character who on the page could have been pretty stereotypical, pretty cookie cutter, mm-hmm. and and made her. Uh, even though we weren't really in her point of view, I, I, I did feel for her. And part of it's, I do like Mary Steenburgen, but also she's like, she's trying her best, you know? And like, we're gonna, Jane, leave the room, please. Like, you know, just like the plates are spinning. She's going to keep them spinning. And she doesn't understand the damage that she's doing mm-hmm. uh, until she does. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, we've done damage and we need to fix it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but I think there's something about, she felt like a human being, who was trapped in this thing to me, whereas some of the other people felt a little bit, a little bit so remote from it, I, I wasn't able to access it. So, and in addition to being very funny, I thought I love. She'd walk into a room and like, what's what's she going to do now? <laughs> like, what is she going to try and fix now? Mm-hmm. Aizen, what did you think of Tipper? Oh God, I mean, just the name um, was perfection. Um, I agree. I think it was more human than other kind of similar tropey performances um i get especially in a christmas movie a little bit like oh and now we've realized the problem and we're all gonna solve it and change immediately and and so i got a this gave me a little bit of that however i do like the way her character comes at it from i've always wanted to take karate that like Mm -hmm. it, it did like the first of a number of conversations um i thought it was interesting that she kind of turned almost immediately once she realized to some extent um kind of what the the big issue that they were all kind of guilty of was that she took that turn faster than the um father's character Except then he does the, the uh, let's call it the reverse Cheney, 
<laughs> where yeah. Anna Gasteyer calls and says, hey, we can do this as long as we just don't talk about it. And and not only does he make like the choice that I think we as the audience want him to make, but then he doesn't give a whole speech about it. Mm-hmm. Which, right. honestly, I felt both ways about. For the movie, I felt like that was great. For the family, I felt like, all right, guys, it's time to start talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't start this a different way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what did you think about the parents? Uh, I, I did not like the dad, and I think that was the whole point of it. Um, but he just, he really bugged me. And the thing with the internet and just always needing Abby to fix it, or not Abby Jane. Harper to fix it. No, Jane. <laughs> but, that was because that's the only thing he would say about Jane. Right, right. Jane. That's, right. that's right. That's right. That's right. She was the... doing that in per- on purpose, tech. right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Like to get her out of Wait, frame. They were doing what? I felt like the some of the tech issues Jane was helping with were them oh. getting her out of the room. Yeah, get her out of the picture. Wow. What an awful family. Yeah, you know, she's only there for the picture, that one right. picture. And then, like, at the party, she's off on her own, just doing her own thing. Like, she's not a part of them. But she's there, you know? What is Abby doing even thinking about joining this family? What a f- <laughs> fucked up group of people. Agreed. Agreed. Well, uh, I mean, she wasn't prepared uh, until she got there and saw it on was like, ooh. Yeah, right. But then she saw. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It was like, going to leave. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And then, you know, I, I think I think make that speech. I think that the Christmas movie is a little bit at odds with the 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 Christmas movie. The the genre demands of the Christmas movie are at odds a little bit with the coming out narrative. In that, the movie that I want it to become, where Abby, where where it's cut to two years later and Harper comes and gives the speech to Abby and has been working on shit. And then we get the coda at the end of them all being happy together. Uh-huh. Um, the, the movie where Victor Garber has a conversation with the family and they start to like talk about shit like the movie that works out the the movie that works out the knots that it's tied itself into the family over the, over time has tied itself into is at odds with the Christmas movie genre where the revelations come fast at the end and people make the turn and the Christmas spirit is alive and everything, everyone ends up with somebody or at least happy or achieving some goal that they maybe didn't even know they had to begin the movie. Mm -hmm. And so trying to cram those two things together doesn't fully satisfy either one for me. I hear that. And what that makes me think of is early on when I was watching the movie, I had very similar anxiety to when I was watching Get Out. And so I feel a little bit like instead of that very satisfying escape, we sort of have someone who's stuck in the sunken place a little bit. Not too many metaphors and social problems. Um, But but yeah, I, I agree. It, it was not, the comeuppance was not uh, satisfying. However, yeah, that would be hard to pull off in a Christmas movie. So I, I think you're right, Toe, in that it's those two elements were sort of fighting with each other for our attention. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. 
Um, but the mom, Tipper, any other movie I've ever seen her in, that's just what she reminds me of. I mean, she's a little bit more crazy, I guess, in this. Where she plays the mom, for example. Yeah, exactly. You just, you see so much of her other characters in this movie with a little bit of, I guess, pizzazz. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I enjoyed her. She, I think she did it really well of playing that person who's like always trying to keep everything together and mm-hmm. make sure you know everything's going smoothly and everything's planned to a T. And if anything goes wrong, she has to fix it or else yeah. everything's going awry. And yet, when you take a step back, it's a terrible party no one wants to be at. Exactly. Like, that, what are we all doing this for thing? Like, let's just yeah. all stop so i'm like dude just show up with the bottle of tequila let's go like that's all you planning you need man that's all kingston needs (laughs) (laughs) whatever we feel about mary steenburgen and her you know role or the movie she's in or whatever she does have an oscar on her mantle when she goes home so at least there's that and ted dancing when she goes home and ted dancing true (laughs) it's true yeah fair enough uh, yeah, I felt like her hair, like her wig in this movie, yeah, is quintessentially her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. tight and it's flat and it's uniform <laughs> and it's not yes. moving. Yeah, rigid. Um, yeah, and you know that she goes to get it taken care of on a, on the reg. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> she has standing appointments. Yes. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think in the. I, I, th- I think in the end, I, I wanted, I, I wanted the, I wanted more, a more farce. Okay. I wanted more hiding and where's everybody and sneaking. Like if there had been more, uh, a little less ill will in the family and a little more like, and I don't, you can't diagnose. I mean, you can't yeah. like make a different movie out of it, but you can imagine a version where, uh, which would, which would get to some of the same issues where Harper is out to everybody except her dad. Oh yeah, that would have been more fun. And the whole family is in on it, trying yeah. to keep. But and one of the family members is saying to her, "You really just need to tell him." And she's like, "I just can't. I can't disappoint." Blah blah. blah. And somebody else is like, "No, you can't." Like, like then there's a whole different sort of competition going on. It's still about her coming to terms with herself and her family, and and then Kristen sort of doesn't have to be quite as much of a yeah. like they don't have to be quite as cruel to each other or to her. And then mm-hmm. it's. I think you could still get the thing at the end. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Again, it's not my story, um, but I th- I think that would have been able to do a lot of things that in, I felt the movie was trying to do and still zag in ways mm-hmm. that, that you would want it to zag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, had it had more hijinks, they would have earned the physical fight between the two sisters. <laughs> right, and right. I felt it was unearned, um, especially... Like, if they've all been buttoned up for that long and the house is full of people, including political influency people, I neither of them would do that. Right, right. Right? Even if they're, things are too well trained at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. I like your pitch, Tobin. My only change would be that um, both dad and Jane didn't know because whoever said, mom said, or someone said, don't tell Jane, she won't be able to keep a secret. Right, right, but right. Her hurt is. Yes. Trust her when she really is the most supportive one. Yes, yeah. that's so true. That would have been so good. So oh. in other words, we need to remake this whole movie and contact all the actors. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We like your version, but let's try this one on for a size. We have, we have some notes. <laughs> some notes. 
<laughs> Would y'all like to play a game? Yes. Yeah. I'm prepared to lose. Oh, no, no. I always lose. <laughs> well, this is interesting. So as um, frequent listeners will know, sometimes the games are for clear-cut points. And sometimes they're more thought experiments. Mm. And so tonight is a little bit more of a thought experiment, if you will. Oh. The game is called Petty Party. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, no. going to ask you both about some scenarios that may sound familiar based on the movie we saw. And and it's a would you rather style. Are you going to zig? You're going to zag. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So my first one, uh, I think, is the sort of the really the crux of the whole thing. Um, so, would you rather see the person who wronged you repeat their bad behavior, thus crystallizing for all time that you were the victim and they were in the wrong, or would you want them? Would you want to see them grow and change, thus not repeating the same mistakes over and over again? Where in this movie, right, Riley gets both of those things. I think most often in the world, we're not going to get either or or both. But so at this petty party, which would you like confirmation of a villain or to see them rise above? Yeah. I feel like the good answer should be to see them rise above, but some right. something draws me to the other one. Because <laughs> I feel like you, you don't see them rise above, but then you see yourself still staying because mm -hmm. you're wanting and hoping for that moment to rise above to come. Mm. You know, I feel like that's an often scenario in the world. That's a good point. That's a, that's a great point. I feel like you uh, turned it into some great advice of don't, <laughs> don't wait for someone to defy your expectations. Yep. Abby, she's she's telling you to leave. Um, <laughs> I I agree. I think that's I think it's really true. I would say also that I would have a hard time, and this is you know me being petty in your petty party. I might have a hard time somewhere deep down believing that they had actually changed if they presented as oh now I'm all. Right, mm -hmm. kind or whatever. I'm like, are you really? Are you really? Or is this just another ploy to lure me back in? Mm -hmm. Especially when, like, you've been wrong so many times. Like, I totally, I see that. Right, you've been wrong. So this one time, this thing happens, and now you're magically changed. Like, the, right, right. like that don't happen so quick and right. so easy. It's true. It's true. Yeah, most of the time, people don't change. Let's let me just show you exactly who they are. Right. People have capacity to change, mm -hmm. but it's very difficult, and and in my limited experience, must be internally driven. Yep. So right. it's not going to be because of or in spite of you. Right. But when you get to witness that, it is pretty amazing. Okay. Next up, would you rather? Support your quirky cousin, no matter how strange or off-brand their contribution might be. Or take them aside and help them choose a path that fits better with the overall expectations in the room. In a Christmas party scenario. Wow. 
me as a person, just who I am, being a quirky weirdo who likes to have fun and just, you know, be authentically who I am, I would say let them be quirky because they're going to make that party so much more fun than, you know. You would definitely join the the hokey pokey party for sure. I would. I would. I would turn myself around and everything. (laughs) That's what it's all about. (laughs) I think that, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, look, I, I am my position often in these kinds of things is to tell a joke and make everything OK and let's move past whatever the thing is. I, I recognize that that's that that's the pattern that I am in. However, I'm thinking about larger Christmas parties. I'm thinking eyes on perhaps about times from our youth, we would be with a much larger family unit, at which point watching the, the quirk mm-hmm. and, and embracing it is also very entertaining yeah. and and like you're getting two birds in one stone in in that way right like you um you wouldn't want everybody to be all buttoned down all the time totally. i can imagine circumstances where you would if it was someone who didn't know like let's say you did bring someone into a family gathering and they did not know you might at least let them know what the issues are in the room yes. so that they won't inadvertently do thing, a thing that they, which, which which hopefully is different than like shutting someone down right. who is expressing himself but yeah mm-hmm. no hey chelsea this is the score for example right 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 yeah um okay would you rather hear all about your friend's tumultuous holiday weekend so that you could get involved and offer insight in real time or wait until it was all over and hear about it as a classic holiday horror story. Oh, I'd want to be involved 100%. Yes, <laughs> I, I am all for the drama. I love keeping peace, but I'm all for being listening to the drama and just hearing every single side. Hear that? Everybody call Mandy. She will answer. Please. Please. I want my phone number. <laughs> I think I'm going to go the other way and wait and tell me about it when it's all done. <laughs> like, I'll, I feel like I would laugh if that was the case. And like, it'd be funny in some parts, obviously some parts sad if we're talking about the movie, but I feel like, you know, being in t- real time, you can give pieces of advice like uh, Levy did and just, support the other person if they need it and then also laugh with them for killing their fish even though they doesn't know you know like there's so many different parts that you could I think when I was writing it I was thinking a little bit selfishly of like oh gosh that's a lot of pressure in the moment Mm. to deliver you know um which which I think we know, you know, no one expects you to have the exact right answer at the exact right moment. And most people just mm-hmm. want to be listened to. But yeah. in a in a this movie style, I was thinking, I don't know that I could have come up with that speech at that moment. What if I just mm-hmm. heard about it later? <laughs> yeah. I see. You're, yeah, you're, I see. <laughs> well, and given what we've learned so far tonight about how good Mandy's advice is, I think it's the perfect role is to be in the in I would I would want you involved in real time. Oh, thanks. I I do well under pressure. You can ask Islin. <laughs> okay. The last there are two there are two remaining and I love nice. them both. Okay. Would you rather see at like at a Christmas time, see an old ex whom you have no interest in dating and feel their interest in you across the table? 
Or same ex hear that they found at long last their perfect match and are happy sailing away. So are you still in a relationship at this point? Good question. Uh, that part I don't think matters, but I think you're, you'd know that you don't, you're not interested in going down that road. Oh, okay. okay. But Good are enough. you, do you need a comeuppance is the question, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah, do you want like them I... to watch you walk away? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. But also there's like that want and drive in me to know that that other person wants me and they can't have me. And I feel like yeah. that just like, that's what makes my blood boil in a good way. Like not in a kind of way, but like, yeah. yeah, you want me. Of course you want me. Like, look at me. You can't have me. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think that can be true if you were in a relationship or not. I think there's, there was a meme um, at some point over the summer I liked that was just like, of course you missed me. I wasn't the problem. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yes. but I did, en- I did enjoy seeing that's it. Good, that's good. Um, that meme I is think- the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tobin, what do you, what do you think? I, no way I could say it better than that. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Okay. And finally, would you rather... Go to a significant other's family gathering where their extended family love you, but your partner is clearly uncomfortable. Or attend an event with your partner where it is clear that your partner is the favorite, the baby, the star, the what have you of their family of origin. Oh, no. I would rather do the second. I it, when it's a gathering, when I'm being taken to a gathering, a work function, family function, whatever. I don't mind at all that there's so much pressure. It feels to me on the one who's like everyone is, you know, wooing over that. Like I don't mind. Not my crowd. I'm fading in the background and just plodding along. You know, if it's, if it's my crowd, I want to be in the lights but if it's their crowd then let them shine mm-hmm. cool. that's a hard one for me i feel like i guess it depends the role i'm in you know because i'm totally the person who like if i bring my partner to a family gathering i'm going to want them to love and adore them but i feel like if i was in the other position I feel like that would just give me anxiety with having everyone just coming at me. And I feel like my partner would feel that. And so that being uncomfortable. So I would probably have to go with number two because there's just so many scenarios. I love it. Thank you all so much for playing my petty party game. It was a, it's a good party. It's a good party. <laughs> there are, party there are all winners or no winners. I don't know however you like to think of it, but um, listeners, please feel free to tweet at us and tell us your answers to these, um, you know, really salient moral quandaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now is the point in our podcast where we uh, sort of wrap up our thoughts about the movie, decide whether it is progressive or regressive. Is this movie a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Islam, what say you? <sighs> Thank you for asking, Tobin. Um, as a huge fan of of the '90s, and thus a fan of Queen <laughs> of All, I I am delighted that someone who played some I think really important sidekicks 
and um and other person in the conversation <laughs> has found a a voice behind the camera i think um you know we've talked about like this is this is not a perfect movie however um we all enjoyed at least parts of it i think um I think it was well done that it was set up for theatrical release. I think is awesome. I don't, I'm, I guess I'm speaking a little out of turn. I don't, Cleo Duvall has not directed much. Yeah. Right. Yet. Um, right. And so I think outstanding. I would like to hear more, more from her perspective and perspective like hers. Um, additionally that we have, um, we talked early on about, uh, how gay does it have to be to gay, be a gay movie? What, what all what all boxes does it have to tick? Um, I think we are still in a place where we we need more stories to be told, even if they're similar. You know, to yeah. kind of if you think about all the narratives of of heterosexual couples getting together and breaking up and getting back together that has become monotonous. I would like that to be the same for couples of other identities. So I, I just, I do want more stories. Um, and I, I love that this one, because it's a holiday movie is a little bit family friendly. Um, I, I didn't find any nudity and I looked, um, <laughs> and I think there was a couple of harsh words, but you know what I mean? Like this, this could be a family this could be a family Christmas movie. And, mm -hmm. and I really like that. Mandy, what do you think? Is this progressive or regressive? I, I definitely think it is progressive. I think we're in a time and place in 2020 that we're, we're starting to move forward um, with, you know, more talk and more witnessing different storylines of the LGBTQ. And like I said, as someone who identifies in that spectrum, I really appreciated seeing, you know, some person's version of the story of how they were raised, how they live, how they came out, those kinds of things. But I agree with you. I want to see more. I want to see more different sides of the story. I don't want it to just be this one defining box of this is how it is. And so because for me, yes, I identified with a lot of those portions, like needing to kind of hide yourself away and not feeling like you can come out even though I have the most supportive parents, I was still terrified. You know, I knew nothing would happen, but in my head, I mean, that's the real fear everyone goes through. So I, I think that this is the start to having more of those stories being told. Um, Cause I mean, we see them in TV shows, but this is like, I mean, what almost two hour movie of just this specific thing and having all of those stories, I think would be really, really progressive. There's room to grow. There's always room to grow. Love it. Tell me. I, yeah, this is a, this is progressive for sure. I think that uh, just to add to what everyone has so eloquently already said, the, the, as you listed all the women involved in the movie, there's a lot of women involved in this movie and in, in uh -huh. making the movie. Um, and that's the more that happens in all, at all levels of the, of the industry, the better. Um, as we've talked about before, our endorsement of whether something is, uh, or sort of our, our judgment as to whether it's progressive or regressive doesn't mean it's good or bad. I don't think it's very good. I don't like this movie very much. Um, uh, but I'm glad it exists. 
Um, and I love the people in it. And it probably has something to do as we've, as we've unpacked, uh, the ex my expectations going into the movie for what it was going to be. Um, so I, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it, it's made. I'm glad it's finding a home out there and that people are enjoying it and getting something from it. I think that's the more, you know, as you say, the more, more stories out there for everybody, the better. And so, um, I think that's, uh, I think that's great. Yeah. Hope the next one's better. Absolutely. Well, I think too like the other piece of that is the more that we're telling these stories the more people that are in the audiences are growing up to one have a different experience mm -hmm. to then turn around and write it and and produce it and share it so it right. just it it hopefully become ex becomes exponential like the popcorn i just popped the more the heat and the stuff is in there the more <laughs> popcorn you have Right. And so um, so for that, I am happy for a little bit of gay Christmas joy. That's going to be my new bio. <laughs> I love it. Gay Christmas joy. Next up, please join us January 26th for our discussion of the 2020 live action Mulan. Uh, you can find that on Disney Plus and starting... Now or soon? I think it was the 5th okay. of December it started streaming. Yeah. Starting earlier this month, it, it streams for free if you have the Disney Plus service, which does cost, unfortunately. However, you could, if you were dedicated to our podcast, but otherwise averse to Disney for some reason, you could hop in for a week free trial, watch it in preparation. Hop back out again. Hop back yeah. out to listen to us discuss Mulan. Mm -hmm. Um Spoiler alert, I haven't seen live action yet, but Mulan is my favorite Disney princess movie from the 90s. Problematic as that may be, we will unpack that and other things <laughs> on January Definitely 26th. Um, please join us for Mulan. Uh, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. So glad I've always have been you. on it since this started. <laughs> if folks want to discuss um, gay Christmas movies with you um, in your online social medias, uh, would you like them to find you or not? And where? Oh, yeah, I'm totally down. Um, I do have an Instagram um, that people can message me on. It is um, not private, so you can easily find me there. Um, and my handle is grief. G-R-I-E-F underscore creature. C-R-E-A-T-U-R-E. -E, grief creature. All right, grief creature. It's fantastic. I uh, think that's our first Instagram. I think it's our first Insta. You know why? Because this is a young person. Yeah. Hey, I don't like Twitter. I just don't use it. Pulling us ahead <laughs> into the world. Um, Tobin, how about you? You can find me on Twitter, although less than I used to be, but I'm still there. I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying film Twitter these days. You can find me uh, at Tobin Addington, all one word. Islam, where, where are you at with with the twit with the tweets these days? Yeah, I look and then I avoid and then I look and I avoid. But um, I I'm there at Sassy Nerd MT. And you can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. They keep us going. They yeah. keep us going. Anybody else wants to join at the marquee level or above? We'll say your name every time. 
Every time we will say your name and ding the bell and cheer you. Uh, go to thecontenderspod.com and, uh, and join, join, join us. Uh, we here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me. And you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage, at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Tobin Addington. And I'm Mandy. I'm Isla Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Um, sorry, our mother is texting me and I have to answer her, even though she knows what we're doing. I love your mother. Fabulous. So, folks... We need to pause and decide what we're going to do for next I'm movie. I'm just going to go into it and do Mulan. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, Tobin, you ruined it. <laughs>